Welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast, episode 1100, and this is my interview with Britt Frank, and we're discussing her newest book, The Science of Stuck. Enjoy. Hey, Britt, welcome to the Hidden Wire Podcast. Great to have you here today. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Whereabouts are you in this world? I am in Kansas City and 20 degrees below zero wind chill. It's delightful. Love this time here. Cold. <laughs> it's the total opposite here. I want to be where you are then because this is just case. silly. I don't know. No, it's really humid and hot. and uh, However, <laughs> I've got the air conditioning on, so that helps control things, right? <laughs> True story. Now, you've got, um, you've got a lot going on. So you've got a new book out. I can see it in the shelf behind you there for those that are watching us on YouTube, uh, The Science of Stuck, Breaking Through Inertia to Find Your Path Forward. So interesting reading, certainly along the lines of what we love to discuss here at the Hidden Why podcast. Um, you're working on a workbook. You've got another book coming. Lots happening. Tell us before book writing, what's your background? What do you do? <laughs> so I've got my professional background and my sorted yeah. personal history. So um, okay. I'm a neuropsychotherapist. Um, I'm a trauma expert. I've been in private practice for a decade plus. Um, I'm also a recovering drug addict and just general disaster of a train wreck of a human. So I tell people I, I have learned all of this from both sides of the couch, the therapy couch. I've spent as much time in front of as, you know, in front of a therapist as being a therapist. So I have a, a very personal connection to the work that I do. Right. Okay. Well, that explains maybe why you got into it. So you had um, a, a drug dependency. I had a drug dependency, eating disorder, complex PTSD, relationship issues, uh -huh. just sort of checked all the boxes of life is just not working very well. I was in advertising in the corporate worlds when I graduated from college and in my own journey, I'm like, this is really cool. I didn't even get into this work to help people, even though that's delightful and I'm glad that it is helpful. It's this is fascinating how our brains brain. And if you know how to drive your brain, life can get, assuming you've solved for safety and access to resources and basic needs, you can actually make really big changes, which is cool. Cause I cool. just thought it, it's me. I'm crazy. I'm broken. And there's no such thing. Tell us your story, if you don't mind sharing. Like, what what was your? It sounded like you were in a career of marketing, and um, is that when you had that that drug habit that wasn't um, obviously helping? <laughs> Drugs were a thing from college onward. Uh -huh. um, I, I joined a, I did the extreme versions of a lot of things in my effort to figure out this humaning thing. So I joined a religious cult for a while. And uh -huh. so that was a nice reprieve from drug addiction and relational dysfunction. Um, but the drugs were sort of woven in and I was very, I don't know why I was able to maintain a facade of functionality while being a hot mess behind the scenes, but yeah. I managed to show up for work. I did all of my key performance indicators and met my mm -hmm. deadlines, but just disaster behind the scenes. A lot of people are like that, you know, they can, they can be like put on this front, I suppose. Yeah. But then internally and what's going on at home can be quite Not a okay. story. Yeah. That's why it's not enough to just do well. I'm a Is big, it not okay? Like, it's not okay to just do well. Like we actually want to be well and enjoy our lives and not just check the boxes of being functional. That's not enough. That's life's too short for that. So neuropsychotherapy, is that what you called it? Yes. That's just the, it's not a particular one type of thing. Neuropsychotherapy just 
recognizes that we human in a brain and it's yeah. not just about mindset. Often our bodies and our brains and our nervous systems are largely doing things that we don't know about. Most people don't realize psychotherapists don't need to be trained in the brain, which is wild to me. That's like a doctor not needing to know anatomy, but unless you do specialized training, many psychotherapists have never ever learned about the brain and how it influences our moods and our decisions and so our stuckness. What, what's the difference between a psychotherapist and that doesn't know about the brain? The psycho yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the old school methods and models and frameworks, and they're the ones I was trained in, just assume it's a mindset issue. If you think different thoughts, you will change your life. Like you just need to fix your thinking. It's cognitive distortions. And that's the reason that we all get stuck. Our thinking matters. But if your amygdala thinks there's a threat, it doesn't matter how much positive thinking, affirmation, chanting, or journaling you do, you're not going to be able to do anything or go anywhere until you solve for the safety functions of our brain. Safety first, cognition and thinking seconds. Uh -huh. But non-neuroscience trained therapists don't solve for safety, nor do they take the nervous system into account. Right. So you got into this field because you are working and, and stuck yourself and then came across this, this neuro uh, psychotherapy um, mm -hmm. and that helped you personally. It did. I mean, it wasn't one thing that unlocked, you know, me. I have now optimized my life. Yeah, but no, no. learning about neuropsychotherapy did click some things into place. And it made sense of a lot of what I thought were character defects or moral failings or personal brokenness. It's like, oh, I have a brain and my brain is actually on my side. And all these voices in my head can all get along if I understand how the programming and the wiring works. It was life changing. And, you know, my story is dramatic. You don't need a dramatic drug addiction and chaos to benefit from knowing how to drive your own equipment. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably do have some level of, of chaos in their life that, you know, whatever level that is, uh, there's more and more of it, I'm sure. Um, so it's certainly beneficial, benefit, beneficial talking about this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, being stuck, what is that? Is that like being stuck with relationships or all of the above, like relationships, work, career, drugs, whatever? So, so a lot of people can relate to that because I'm sure most people out there listening feel like that they're stuck in some area of their life, right? Everybody gets stuck somewhere. The, the stuckness, as I define it, and it's important to me to be responsible. If you're in a war-torn country, you're not stuck. You're in a war-torn country. If you're being abused, you're not stuck. You're being abused. Stuckness to me in my work is there's no logical reason why you're not doing the thing that you know you need to do to make your life good. Like, you know what to do. You know you need to stop drinking or leave the relationship or have the conversation or change your job. Nevertheless, you're not doing it that's stuckness and that's what i solve for in my work so knowing that you should be doing something different and you're not doing it mm -hmm. the common yeah. sense approach to consciousness or something like that if only we're that simple, right? Then mm. insight does not lead to transformation. Information, if information led to transformation, everyone would be good to go because we're drowning in information. But insight doesn't equal action. You can only get to action and change and different outcomes by being able to work with your physiology first, consciousness second, and have them work in tandem and in alignment with each other. But no. if you don't know how, to, how the brain works, things aren't going to work.
Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. not necessarily, again, it's not a personal failing. If your emergency brake is on in your car, you're not going anywhere. But it's not because your car is broken. It's because you don't know you got to click the thing and then you can yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. Tell us how to click the thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure you, I'm sure you share a lot in your book. But um, uh, so we have to talk this in sort of more generic terms, not a particular topic of a relationship or work or whatever it might be. If you're feeling stuck in life, what do we typically do to try and do that? I mean, you talked about it before. We we try and do this self-talk or I'm great, I'm good, and, you know, how you talk to yourself, how you think to change yeah. things. What else do I we typically the, do? I th- And, again, I love your podcast and I love the hidden, like, all of the why, but the problem with the why question is people mm. think solving the why will get them unstuck, and that's just not true. You can know why a building's on fire, but if you don't get your body out you're not like, it's not going to work. So Mm. you don't need to solve for why when you're stuck, once you get unstuck and we get momentum, then we can figure out why you got stuck. But a lot of people think if I can just figure out why I'm stuck in whatever area, then that'll solve my problem. And it doesn't. Why is a mile six problem, not a starting gate problem. So rather than why I encourage people to start with, forget about why you're here, you're here. What are your choices? And then of those, what are you willing to say yes to? Because if we combine willingness with choice points, now you're going to get yourself unstuck, but why doesn't get the job done? Okay. So we're asking ourselves, like, why, why are we here sort of too much or why why is my relationship bad or why do I have this problem or why is why aren't I, you know, earning the income I want to earn? Yeah, I love a good why. I mean, I, I'm an analyst. That's my job. So, like, let's deep dive into your why. But when you are mired and steeped in stuckness, why is not your friend? Ask why once you get unstuck. So you hate your job. You don't like the money you're making. Well, why am I like this? I don't know. But right now, what are your choices? So let's get you moving in a direction. And then the why then becomes incredibly important. But it's not a starting gate. Thing. You have to get okay. out of the starting gate. Then you ask why, and then right. you combine that with choices and willingness. So if we're feeling a level of stuckness uh, at mm-hmm. the moment, we need to look at our choices that we can make yeah. right now. And then make them smaller. This is the time of year where everyone tries to make huge sweeping changes and brains don't like big. So I call them micro yeses. Instead yeah. of trying to change everything, forget about baby steps, make it smaller, make it microscopic. A micro yes is a yes that's so easy to do. It takes more work not to do it than to do it. Identify a micro yes, do it, repeat. Everyone objects with the same, well, how am I supposed to get anywhere if I'm taking steps this small? A lot faster than if you try to take steps that are too big and then you get stuck and then you go on the spin and the rumination train. So micro yeses will get you unstuck from almost, not everything, but almost everything. Yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, so let's just put this, um, I'm overweight, um, you know, feeling fat, whatever. Um, it's 2024, 1st of January. I just want to change that. And I sit here and I go, why? Why am I so big? That's another question I should be asking. I should be going, actually, no, what can I do? What are my choices now? And then rather than going to join a marathon, maybe I should just walk down the street and back first. Not even. Put your left sneaker by the door and stare at it 
from your couch. And then tomorrow, put your right shoe by the door and then stare at it from the couch. Then the next day, put your shoes on, then take them off and then go back to the couch. Like you don't, the pace that we start you at is not the pace that you stay at, but doing steps that small, that is what generates a a series of chain reactions and momentum. Yeah. So that will get you moving. But I feel, I feel the energy and the motivation to do it right now. Great. We want you to store up that energy that you have because we need to build it because you're not always going to have it. So you got to make the steps microscopically small in order to create the momentum that then generates the motivation that then allows you to do the thing. So not take a walk. What is happening there in the, in the, in the brain? Because I assume there's some there's some critical elements there of just those small micro changes, changing something in the brain that makes you then almost unconsciously know that next time you know what to do. It makes things simple. Exactly. Yes. Well, our brains are not wired for happiness and health. Our brains are wired to preserve life function and to seek patterns. And so anything we do that deviates from our pattern, even if it's healthy, is going to register as threatening. And then our brain will deploy any number of things to get us back into the autopilot pattern zone that we're used to. So if your pattern is drink a bottle of wine, smoke a joint, eat all the food, and you try to not do that, your brain's going to fight you really hard and your brain's going to win because it's been doing its job for a long time and it does it well. So we've got to make the steps small enough that we don't trigger this reactivity. Oh no, I'm breaking a pattern. So I've got to fight it. So the little tiny steps allow you to build tolerance in it's sort of like titrating up on a medication. You have to start at a dose small enough that you don't make yourself sick. And then you build the tolerance. So by the time you want the big dose, you've got what you need so your body doesn't reject it. This is very much the same process. Okay, so doing something um, good or not so good, whatever the behavior or habit is, um, to change that, we just have to start small and not, not try to go cold turkey necessarily. Yeah, and everyone hates that. It's like, that's dumb. Well, I people know. In the, uh, smoke tobacco, nicotine addiction, they say most people actually give up cold turkey, right? You can. You. It's ideal to because it's really hard to quit. And I smoked cigarettes for 20 years. It's really mm-hmm. hard to quit smoking in like drips and drabs. So there's not a right or a wrong way. No, Some no. drugs like... Them? Like I didn't quit meth by micro yesing my way. Like now I'm only going to smoke, you know, I'm only going to take two hits of crystal meth instead of 10. Like when it comes to drugs, often you have to sort of quit, but then the micro yeses are what keep you off of them. So if I quit smoking cigarettes and I really want to go back, my micro yes might be, I'm going to allow myself to sit on my couch all day and eat junk food and watch bad TV. I'm not going to make myself also go for a run and drink a gallon of water and make myself vegetables. It's like, we've got to figure out how do we sustain the change and you sustain the change by microis. But I mean, it's a fair point that like some things you have to quit cold Turkey or um, alcohol, you know, nicotine, cold Turkey, maybe the best solution. Maybe not. I mean, there's a lot of, I think it's because the, the nicotine drug itself and what's in it. And I don't know if that's different from alcohol necessarily or, uh, well, it's probably the same as meth, really. Um, if you're talking about those drugs, you know, they, they keep you in that loop. 
Exactly. So yeah, if you have to quit something cold turkey, then it's how do I maintain, like when I quit meth, I stopped, I had my very last time that I got high and I called my sponsor and I'm just freaking out. I'm like, what do I do? I have a drug addiction. I realize this. I have trauma. What do I do? She's like, Brett, when was the last time you ate food? I'm like, uh, like get a, go to your fridge. Like, is there anything in there that's edible? And I'm like, what's in my fridge? Oh, I have a yogurt in there. How? Okay. I ate the yogurt. And that was my micro yes of that moment. And that yogurt allowed me to get enough calories and nutrients to then take another step and then another, but we don't have to solve the big problem out of the gate. And we can almost never do that if we can mm. cool. But if you can't, Eating a yogurt is not something I'm going to post on my Instagram. Hey, everybody, look what I did. I haven't showered or slept in days and I'm eating a yo play. But like that is what gets you unstuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're just doing, yeah, some some other little action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just saying to be, yes. Just to stop your thoughts going there about how terrible it is that you're not doing the the previous one that you're trying to discard. Exactly. Because we're so good at talking ourselves out. Yes, but, but like, I, I shouldn't be doing this. And I, why did I do that? But it's like, what can you say yes to? When you say yes, you're creating a change in your brain that's going to then generate more momentum. So instead of ruminating on how we got here, let's get you out of here. And then we can mm. evaluate and kind of assess what needs to change in your life and what relationships do we need to adjust and what skills do you need? But we have to start by saying yes. Stuck becomes unstuck the second you say yes to anything, no matter how small. So instead of saying no and ruminating about the no that you're actually giving up, saying yes to something that you can actually take on. Exactly. Additive rather than subtractive. And everyone knows that like the research shows New Year's resolutions, well, they don't work, but they're more likely to work if it's an additive goal rather than a subtractive. Instead of I'm going to stop doing this, it's like, great, well, what are you going to start doing instead? And if you're saying yes to something, that will help you be more yes focused versus when you stay in the problem, you're not going to get to the solution. Yeah, gotcha. Makes sense. Like it. Um What's next about stuckness and how to get out of it? So we've done some choices. We've done some micro changes. Yeah. We're saying yes more. Yeah, the the rub here is like getting unstuck requires you to be really honest with yourself without shaming yourself for what Uh is actually true. Like no one really gets unstuck sustainably when we're, and I was very, very much captain of the, I'm just going to lie to myself train. And it's not intentional or conscious. It's just, we're experts at self-deception. We have to be willing to get honest with ourselves about ourselves without shame. And that is going to also help generate us into a change process. Mm. Because if you shame yourself, you're going to go into a shutdown. If you can look honestly and evaluate what you're doing and then go, okay, this isn't pretty. I'm not co-signing on it, but this is what's true. Now what? Now what am I willing to do? Now my micro yeses, and now we're in action. It's not about justifying behavior. It's about being really objective about what's true. And then if you don't like it, then we can change it. Yeah. You seem like a bit of a go-getter, a person that wants to, you know, got a lot of energy and will give anything a go. And that's probably why you've been through some of those paths you've done. Other people, on the other hand, maybe not so. And maybe they look at themselves and go, yeah, I drink. I don't really care about it. I work. It's it's fine. But that's okay, right? But when does that's it become, okay for you. <laughs> when does it become stuck and not stuck? 
Yeah. And it's fair. And I would never, like, I am like, let's go energy, but I'm certainly not telling if, if drinking is not a problem for you, it's not a problem. I'm not a, let me sell you on why you have a problem. If you don't think you have a problem, it's not my job to convince you otherwise. If, if, if you are fine with how things are cool, but then I would challenge you. Are you really fine? Or are you just telling yourself you're fine? But either way, I'm not here to convince you that you have a problem. If you are willing to get honest with yourself and you look, maybe you don't, maybe it's not a problem. And if it's not, yeah. it's not, but if it is, this is the path. What not so really, the path. It's a really path. For those that are identifying that, Hey, they feel some level of stuck in their life. Um, and maybe opening up, like you said, and maybe for people listening there, they're going, well, actually, you know what, if I'm honest with myself, there is this stuckness in my life, you know, and maybe I need to own that and take responsibility for that and take action on yeah. that because it is affecting me in some way and I've just tried to pretend it's not, you know. Which I get. We, I mean, if when I, I think first in relationships, started getting, it's probably quite common, you know, that sort of attitude. Like, it's fine. My relationship is fine. Nothing to see here. Everything is fine. It's like, it's not fine. It's not fine. But I'm not going to tell you whether or not you're fine. That's an inside job. But like, yeah. if you're ready to start looking at what's true without shaming yourself, then we can get, we can get rolling. But if, again, stuckness sometimes has to be there until you have the time, the energy, and the resources to make choices. If you have no good choices, you have no good choices. We have to start with what's available to us in any given time. But there's usually some version of a micro yes available, even in the toughest, stickiest situations. Yeah. What are you hoping, <clears throat> by reading this book, what are you hoping people will really take away from it? That you don't need... 25 years of therapy and hours of meditation practice, like it is really possible to make significant, sustainable changes without turning yourself into knots. I'm not saying Mm. it's easy. Like life's not easy, but the change process is as like, it's not, again, it's not just say yes, but like it is. So when you read my book and you understand you're not lazy, you're not crazy. This isn't a motivation problem. This isn't a you problem. It's you have a brain and like, Here's how your brain, it's driver's ed for the brain. Like I'm not an auto mechanic, but I can drive a car and I can drive a car fairly successfully to do what I need to do. Your brain is the same way. When people read my book, I really hope they're like, oh, well, that's dumb. I can do that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you can. They're influencing the brain. Yeah. In the in the right way. That's yeah. cool. Um, so where can people reach out to you and learn more about, uh, obviously, you? And obviously the uh, the books on Amazon, is it an audio book? It is an audio book as well, right? Did you narrate that? I did. Yeah, good on you. That was um, hard. I reckon it would be. <laughs> I reckon it would be. Would have been hard for you to slow down with your, <laughs> your speaking. Huh? You I got know. a lot of energy. <laughs> and micro, like really good microphones pick up every noise and yeah. mouths are gross and your microphone will show that. So I, I have learned lots of speaking on a microphone tricks since then. But find me on uh, Instagram at Britt yeah. Frank, my website, scienceofstuck.com. Scienceofstuck.com. Link in the uh, show notes, guys, for the book as well. So click that link and support the show. Uh, Britt Frank, uh, Frank, thanks for coming on today. Really uh, enjoyed thanks. to have you here. Thank you so much. This was fun. Guys out there listening, check it out, thehiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Bye for now.
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwide.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden why this is the hidden why my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon